Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rayados 90 podcast. I'm your host, Eddie, and joining me as always is Patrick Meehan. Pat, uh, first, I know you're in South Florida, and I know there was a hurricane uh, just because I listened to the Dan Lebetard show. How are you doing with hurricane and coronavirus? Yeah, uh, well, it, it, it ended up not being that bad. Uh, we got like heavy rain. For a few days or a few nights and pretty much it it wasn't really about you wouldn't you wouldn't even have thought that um, anything could happen it was just like a normal rainy day or night because it was only in the night when it was raining so pretty normal apart from that uh i, w- I moved or i'm still moving actually so that's that's been more of the the heavy lifting this week apart from of course the pandemic that we all know we're going through so yeah, uh, a lot of things going on. But yeah, what about you? Um, just you know, trying to stay safe, pandemic-wise, and enjoying sports. Now that it looks like every sport is almost back. I mean, pretty much if 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 you know you're working from home or you know on the sad part you can't go to work because of the pandemic, then. Just to help take your mind off, there's sports going on pretty much all day, every day. Um, you know, you can watch basketball during the day, there's soccer, there's hockey, there's baseball. There's, it's it's right now, I think it's an overload of sports. But um, uh, I guess speaking of sports, might as well get into this uh, Monterrey match that occurred as we're recording this on a Tuesday night yesterday. Um, let me go through the lineup. Because then we can transition to the, I guess, controversy that went on this week or on Saturday or Sunday morning that occurred on Saturday, but uh, it surfaced Sunday morning. Uh, the lineup against uh, Leon was on the back line. You had Miguel Layun, Sebastian Vegas, Nico Sanchez, Cesar Montes, and Stefan Medina. In the midfield, you had Celso Ortiz, Matias Craneviter, uh, Charlie Rodriguez. Um, and up front, you had Maxi Mesa and Rogelio Funes Mori. Now, the recent, or and in net, you had Monchi, Monchi's Cardenas. So, the reason for Maxi Mesa and, and Cardenas getting the starts was because Hugo Gonzalez and, or Hugo Gonzalez threw a party for his 30th birthday uh, amid, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, which is a no. Uh, you, you know, you can't do that. And... You know, two players, one Tigres and one Rayados, uh, Dorlan Pavon, went over uh, no social distancing, no mask. And I think it was a reporter or not a reporter, but a broadcaster uh, from Multimedios. Um, I'm not sure. Not, people, are kind of, people who are in Monterrey can probably um, know who specifically she is. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but if you're on social media, you already know the person. Uh, but yeah, those uh, images surfaced. Uh, a lot of people were, were upset, and I not not upset, but just angry or more angry at the, the stupidity because uh, I think during the week it it, it um, I'm not sure who reported it or what news outlet reported it, but um, it became uh, known that Mexico is now the third worst country at handling this pandemic. Uh, only the United States and Brazil are, you know, I, I think have more cases, if I'm not mistaken. But, but yeah, that's not the category you want to be in. And then throwing a party with no mask, no social distancing, that's, you know, that's going to get people upset. 
uh pat uh first and foremost what you know when, when you saw this uh what did you make of it did you agree with the club just saying you know what you guys got to sit this out we got to test you guys and make sure uh everything's all negative before we let you i guess re-enter the squad even though we saw pictures of Hugo Gonzalez and Don Lampavon already training before they made this decision, which kind of made me scratch my head. Uh, but yeah, what did you make of, whole, of this whole uh, controversy that happened over the weekend? Yeah, that that picture that you're talking about, of them training, I, that was a huge mistake by the part of the club. I mean, we knew they were at a party, or at least Hugo Gonzalez was the one in the picture. We knew he was there, or he threw the party. And then the next day he's training in the morning with the whole team to then go get a test. That just that's just stupid in my in my end. And if that's the case, then the whole team should have gone get tested. Now the team flew, the team played against another team. Now the other team might, you know, it's uh it, it was just a stupid move there. Maybe cut out the picture, like crop it out. Uh if it's if it's going to train in with the team for some reason. And then and then the whole situation, I mean, yeah, it's just stupid. And, and I mean, I guess the players and people are still doing it, but, you know, you're a player, you're in the middle of the, you know, the people's opinions. So maybe, like, not appear in pictures, I guess, <laughs> uh, if you're still going to throw a party. But um, good for the club to punish them, at least for this week or for this um for this you know week also just criticize the players for for that for the pandemic reasons of course but for being irresponsible but also they left the team with two important players you know so and 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 Rayados ended up losing so that's even more punishable in the sense of in the in the sporting sense the team must be like super let down uh, Turco should be pissed off maybe I, I mean it's a tough situation, I get it, but still, it was just a stupid move in all parties. And, uh, you know, for like, for, for example, I wouldn't be mad if they get suspended like two weeks because that was just dumb. They just messed a whole lot of things up. So that's my point of view. Yeah, and we'll go to Gallardo in a bit um, before we actually talk about the match. But, um, yeah, it was, I don't know, man. I, I think at this point we're already, what, um, Five months into this pandemic, you would think these guys would, but something would hit them that they would say, you know what, we don't need to, th- we don't need to throw uh, a party, uh, just because you know everybody's making sacrifices. People haven't seen their family members in five months uh, because of this. Because you know who knows? Like for example, I haven't seen, I've only seen my mom once in the middle of this pandemic, just because she dropped off food. But it was more of that drop it off and I'll go downstairs and I'll get it. Like it was that type of weird interaction where, you know, my mom has, uh, you know, she's diabetic. So she's, you know, in that, uh, dangerous, you know, area of the, the, it's more, they're more at risk just because of, of underlying condition. So it's just a lot of people are making sacrifices, not seeing family members, not seeing friends, et cetera, et cetera. And then you see players just not get it too. And it would get, what's even more frustrating is that, these teams are traveling like it's not in a bubble like you're already in a risky situation by traveling i mean pat you're in miami the, the whole, there was 18 florida marlin or miami marlins players testing positive for covid you know and it's just like you're, you're putting yourself in a, you're already traveling which is already dangerous 
but then you're throwing a party which you're taking unnecessary risks by doing that and it's just like couldn't you just can't you just i mean granted i, I you know there's gonna be plenty of other birthday parties you really need to throw one uh during the pandemic so it's just like uh, i don't know like I, I i'm not sure who tweeted this out and i hate that i'm not giving them credit but it's just like these two guys are single if i'm not mistaken i don't think they have any uh, like from what i i don't follow anybody on social media but these guys are are single and you know when you're single don't have uh, you know a spouse or kids or whatever you you can get a little careless and so i don't know if this is the reason but but yeah it was a it was a bad look um, I know I, I, I know there's some people that said Jansen did it too. I, I didn't see that because it was from his brother's account or whatever. Like I don't follow family members of players. I, I don't do that. But if but if he did you know if, if if he did something similar during the middle of a pandemic, whether he was negative or positive at the time, that's still a stupid move. So it's just like some of these players just really got to get it in their heads, or or some of their teammates got to tell them, hey, you know. Just, we're trying to get through a season where it's you're, you see Chivas, they have like six players testing positive. You had Juarez who had like nine. I don't want Monterrey to have like an outbreak. So it's just like everybody needs to agree and say, you know what? During, during these, what, four or five months that we're in the middle of a season, we got to, you know, we got to make sacrifices. So I don't know. That, that I'll just leave that at that. Um, they got suspended. Um, and you know, I think they're going to count on them for the game against Santos. But I agree with you, Pat. I, I think they should be, I think, another suspension. You know, they should at least get another game just because, you know, you broke protocol. You, you It's just, I don't know, it's just a bad look. Um, but but I guess let's transition over to Jesus Gallardo, who is the guy who came down with coronavirus. Uh, you know, it is what it is. You can't You can't control these things as long as he wasn't out partying or whatever. It's... It's one of those. It's one of those viruses where you can just go out and get some, you know, get takeout, go to groceries, you know, and, and you can get it. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But uh, let's get into this match uh, against Leon, where it, it it started with the 50 minute rain delay. Uh, there was some talk that it might get postponed because of the rain, but it didn't get postponed. It got, you know, it cleared up where players could play and pat um there's so many places we can go with this um uh with our thoughts on this game but i'll let you take the floor where do you want to take this conversation first or who who do you want to highlight first um because a one nothing goal or a one nothing game wasn't sexy it it was zero zero it was ugly pitch it was uh, Monterrey did look good for the first half but then we'll, we'll pull out some stats that just make us it, it kind of makes you a little bit depressing but I'll, I'll let you take the floor you know where do you want to take this conversation yeah um first out what I want to mention first and foremost I know this is because there's a lot of of people out in the first team squad, like Gallardo, like you said, like Hugo Gonzalez and Norlan Pavón, uh, and, and more. But I do want to mention that, like, our bench, the Rayados bench, had 10 players, nine of them were Mexican, eight of them were from the youth academies of Rayados. So I guess, you know, like I said, it's because a lot of people are out, but at the same time, that it shows that Rayados 
that narrative that Rayados and Tigres are just like, and, and I'll just keep it at Rayados, that Rayados is just, uh, just buys uh, foreign players and doesn't do anything for the young players. And that's a false statement. We all know it, but it's always good to rub it in people's faces <laughs> once every every few few months. So I'll just, I just wanted to mention that I, I put it out yesterday. The average age of our bench was 20.9 uh, years of age. Only one player was, uh, well, Akelova, of course, not Mexican. He's from Ivory Coast, but the rest, Mexican. So that's pretty impressive. I just wanted to mention that. And then and the, the first half I liked. The first half I really liked. Uh, I liked how Cesar Montes, Nico Sanchez, and Vegas looked together. I think we've, I mean, we finally got to see that. And and I don't know, Nico Sanchez for, you know, he, he he's always known or we all know him for being like bad at defending or leaving a lot of open spaces for attackers to attack. Um, but, and since he had Cesar Montes and Sebastian Vegas on the, on the side of, of him, I feel like he was a little bit more reassured that it was fine for him to risk some other stuff. So I liked his pressing up and up closer to the midfield. Uh, knowing that Cesar Montes and Vegas uh, were behind them. I don't know if you kind of saw that same thing with our defensive line. Mm-hmm. And 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 then and then Layun and, and Medina. I, I I liked what they did offensively. I mean, they they really did have a lot of, uh, I guess, opportunities to attack or create something. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a few. But uh, uh, <laughs> we just couldn't finish. Or create anything really valuable, I guess. You know, we we created chances, but nothing like super clear cut chance. So that's I just wanted to. I, I think that's the the defensive line was the one that stood out the most to me um, in this in this game uh, against Leon. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can look at, look into the, some of the numbers that kind of stood out to me. And granted, possession. It's a. It, it's not a stat that you can rely too much upon because you can have possession of the ball, but if you don't do anything with it, then it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It's not an effective stat. But um, I'm looking at the, at the possessions, uh, the possession uh, percentage of reaching um, the opponent's penalty area, and despite Leon having seventy percent of the ball uh, throughout the match, they only reached uh, those like. Uh, penalty box or whatever that dangerous area thirteen uh, percent. Meanwhile, Rayados did it nine percent, despite not having the ball as much. Monterrey did generate you know a couple of chances, um, but I, I guess we might as well get into these two guys because these two guys were, were given an opportunity because uh, of the suspensions and as you mentioned the injuries. Um, there was no pretty much they played without wingers. I I, I realized it throughout uh, going through the game. They didn't play with any players who, uh, you know, often play on the wing, um, with Gallardo, Hurtado, or or Pavon. Uh, but what did you make of Maxi Mesa? Or if you want to go with Monchis Cardenas uh, first, uh, what did you make of their performance? Because some, you know, Maxi Mesa was the, the one that was a lot of people were either upset or angry and you know his, his high price it's still something that rubs people the wrong way um you know for lack of a better phrase but i mean he looked okay uh, he, i mean when i look at his at his numbers he, he was okay 
I mean, Sofa Score gave him a 7.0 rating, so it's not bad. You know, it's it's okay. Um, but when you pay $15 million for a player, you're expecting more than okay. Um, and I know Rumpas was, was on Twitter getting, it, getting into it with some people, but what did you make of Maxi Mesa's uh, performance? At some point, I think people are, are just going to have to realize, look, he's not, you know, he's not worth what they paid for him. But can he be serviceable? And I and I think that's until I guess it all depends if people want to get past what they paid for him and just look at him for what the type of player he is. Yeah, like you said, uh, I guess people remain with that price tag and want to see him score once or at least assist once every game. I get it. You know, uh, hasn't been the greatest signing probably in terms of money and an actual an actual you know um an actual doing something in the field i guess to put it that way um i'm i'm not i'm not mad at him i'm not happy with him I'm not i'm not extra you know uh, I, I i said it before this was one of the golden opportunities he's gotten a few now he's gotten a few and i feel like mm-hmm. he hasn't really taken them that Deeply. Also, I guess, I guess I uh, whenever Maxi Mesa plays, for some reason, just it just doesn't seem in this most what he needs the most. We saw it at the beginning. He was only playing with the when he first arrived to Reyes. He was only playing in the second half, like late, or when he was a starter, he played with the rotation guys for the sec with the second team. So it was dif- difficult to see that. And the very little time we've seen him actually with the first team guys and in the type of formation or, or type of play that Rayos or that serves Maxima so well, we've seen good stuff from him. I just, yesterday was um, the attack. It was just a, a clumsy game, I guess, to put it that way, not only for Maxi, but for a lot of the players. And then, and, and then to add to, to Mochi's, I mean, Mochi's, you know, and, and that goal, pretty much nothing that you can do. So I won't say anything bad about him. Uh, and also, he didn't really uh, have a lot of, you know, shots taken at him or anything too difficult. So I don't even really have, like, a actual opinion on his game apart from that that goal that he actually received. Nothing you can do, really. I mean, yeah, I, I just... Uh, that's how I feel. Yeah, I don't... Like, uh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not... I've never played goalkeeper and i'm gonna defer to goalkeepers like I, yeah. you know it, it, that's a you know position why like i'm not gonna sit here and pretend oh yeah he should should have gotten to that ball because yeah he was positioned this way like i'd be lying to you because uh, i don't know you know the positioning angles of a goalkeeper um so it's just like okay um and at some point you just gotta give credit um you know uh chapito montes you know Fired one from outside the box and it was a missile, um, but but yeah, he was okay. You know, he he did yeah. some. You know, he doesn't have that many. Exp- he doesn't have that much experience when it comes to like Liga MX matches. You know, it's his 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 his, his um, most of his games are or his games have come in Copa MX. Obviously, that third By place. By the way, the club. go I ahead. Know, I know I'm cutting you off real quick, but he. I'm just. I just wanted to see because I I really didn't see much of him. I'm looking at the stats. He only had one save. I mean, yeah. that's how. That's how you know. Many times he was. Yeah, he was shot well, against twice. 
it was shot against twice, one save, one goal, pretty much. Yeah, but when you look at like, I, I, I'm looking at the at the at the shots on target from both clubs. Yeah. <laughs> in that first half, there was only one shot on target, and then that <laughs> second half, Monterrey only got one shot on target, um, and yeah, and, and Leon got that other shot on target, which ended up being that goal. So, uh, as far as like efficiency uh, with their shots, it wasn't obviously again the rain, you know, the, the 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 conditions on the pitch obviously played a factor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just one game; you can't really. Unless he did like an egregious error, then you can say, you know what, he's not cut out to be a starter at least for Monterrey. But um, you know, not much you can do in just one game sample. You you have to have at least uh, a good amount, whether it's three, four, or five, to 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 formulate an opinion on him. So we'll see what happens with him. Um, I think when Hugo Gonzalez comes back, which I think he already did, um, he's gonna get the start. So. I don't know. I'll see. We'll see where, where this all goes. Um, but I mean, anything else you wanted to add from this game? Because I mean, the, the, the one, the other angle that I, I kind of wanted to touch on was the midfield. Um, uh, Ortiz, I think they pulled him out for precautionary reasons, but he did get hurt. And then Kranevite wasn't his aggressive self after that. You know, he got that yellow card in the first. You know the first part of the of the first half, um, and I think that affects how he wants to play. Like he he's a guy that'll take risk and and trying to take away the ball. And with that yellow card, he just can't. You know he can't he can't play his style. And that's just you know what he, he's playing with. The, I guess uh, you know the thought of of getting picking up another card in the back of his mind, and and I think that takes away you know from from his style. So. Um, yeah, and then there's Xavi Rodriguez, who, you know, he's not been, he's not, I, I, he, I expect more of him. Like, he was okay, but I think for him, okay is not good enough. He should be giving us more, just because I know he has that potential. But what did you make of the midfield, Pat? Yeah, um, I, I don't know, I'm a little, like, um, uh, you know, I got my back. I go back and forth with the midfield, like you said. Charlie uh, needs more, and what he's doing is normal, good, I guess, but not good enough for him and for the club. And then, yeah, that Kranavita yellow really put him in a little bit more of a reserved position. And then Salsortis, uh, what you mentioned, I don't know. I think this three can be really interesting in the midfield together. That's for sure. We've seen some interesting stuff. But I'm still not 100% convinced. I know, you know, the substitutions, Ponchito Gonzalez, Jonathan Gonzalez, who we'll touch on later on today. Uh, and and if you look at the rest of the bench, there's not much really that you can do. Or there's not a lot of players that can actually come in and, and, and do something interesting. But I don't know. I still got my, I guess, like I said, I go back and forth. I don't know if. If Kranevite and Seltzer play together, I don't know if Charlie is the best complement for them to, or maybe... I don't think they can play together. Yeah. I think you got to go one or the other. Exactly. And that's the other part I was going to say. I don't know if Kranevite and Seltzer go together. I think they're too much alike, or not alike, but they play 
like in the same spot in the same place so mm -hmm. yeah i'm confused in that sense as well yeah i think they're, they're gonna have to go with the whoever's playing you know right that the best player at the moment because mm -hmm. i think they're you know and to put so as a central midfielder you're expecting a little bit more um not offense, but like more progressive passes, more pushing yeah. it, you know, creating chances. I got to look it up. Um, his 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 numbers from right. from this match, but I think you, you got to go with someone else at central mid uh, to go with Charlie Rodriguez, unless you want to, you know, uh, unless he's unless Turco is going to go with a different formation. But if if he's going to go with the three man rotate um, central midfield where there's only one defensive mid. Um, I think he's gonna have to pick one or the other. Uh, maybe you know, out of necessity because uh, obviously there's a lot of issues uh, in that. You know, Gallardo can play in the midfield. Uh, Leon can play in the midfield, but I mean, there's not a lot. And and Maxi Mesa, where where I prefer Maxi, I prefer Maxi Mesa in the central midfielder role rather than putting him up whether as a winger or or yeah, as a winger, um, yeah, because I think he's better as a central mid rather than than asking him to create mm -hmm. uh, on the winger. And I know we're going back to Maxi Mesa, but uh, I've said it. Like, I looked at his numbers, and during his time with with Monterrey, he's not a creator. He's not going to create. You know, he's going to have sometimes. Yeah. He's going to have some key passes, but he'll he'll make the mm -hmm. pass that will lead to the key pass. He's not mm -hmm. gonna score a lot of goals he's not going to generate you know he's not going to be leading the league in assists like like Babon. and when you pay 15 million that's what you expect you know like when you pay yeah, for a exactly. midfielder anywhere between five and ten million you know if he's not an attacking mid if he's a central mid five to ten million is, is what you pay but obviously um yeah 15 million but yeah i would prefer maximus in that central mid rather than asking him yeah. to play up front and and try to be a creator try to generate shots whatever um i don't think that's his game um at least that's what i've like looked from his numbers but i mean but yeah you could see it in the in his probably best game as a monterey player and uh, that and i think in that final against america he was like he was amazing in that center mid position where he was like a box-to-box -box midfielder pretty yeah much and, and, uh -huh. and, and number eight yeah, exactly, and, and and getting back the balls, like intercepting and and, and doing the recuperar the, the yeah. ball recoveries, recoveries. Sorry, <laughs> he was doing that and also going into the attack and being another piece that could, that could create or finish off a chance. So that's how I think he he thrives now. Um, like for example, Celso and Craneviter when they play together. They're both like number five. They're both want to be in the middle of the pitch, exactly in the middle, and that's where they, I think, uh, clash a little. And then you only have uh, Charlie, who can go a little bit more higher, but he's not that much of an attacking midfielder. He mm -hmm. also likes to be in the middle. So then you have three players that are just in the middle, and that's I think where where this midfield kind of is a little shaky. I guess they'll find the rhythm. I guess they'll find the players, but. For and, now, it's not looking that promising. And, yeah, and, and, and differentiate that from the three center backs that we have who did look very good. Yeah, and look, Pat, uh, I sent you that uh, uh, you know match report from my scout, 
and and it gives you the like the average position, and you look mm-hmm. at um was number sixteen, Caranevita's number five, and, and Charly Rodriguez is number twenty twenty nine. Yeah, it, they're all in the middle. Like I, I don't know if you can pull that up, Pat, but look at their average positioning, and it's just they're getting in each other's way. Like at least Charlie Rodriguez is a little bit away from Celso and 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 Cranavita. but you look at Celso Ortiz and Cranavita, they're pretty much occupying the same space. And like classing, yeah, yeah, you're pretty. They're pretty much in the same spot. Um, mm-hmm. They definitely they're gonna have to choose one or the other, and then in that central mid, you're gonna have to go with someone else who can can be away from from the middle part of the of the pitch. Just leave that to the defensive mid. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens there when when everybody's healthy and and and, and yeah, we'll see what happens there. But uh, before we, yeah. uh, I think there's two more things before we wrap this up. Um, one on the lighter side, but we'll, we'll, I'll I'll leave that one to the to the to the end before we transition over to to the next top, the other topics that we have on hand. But what did you make of um, Turko Mohamed's explanation or press co- conference comments? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm honestly, I, I don't like hearing all these cliches saying, oh, we didn't have energy. There was no forcefulness from our squad. It's just like, okay, like a lot of, you know, sport, there's instances in sports where a lot of teams don't have it, you know, and I think that's what separates great teams or good teams from mediocre and bad teams is that even when they don't have it, they can still come away with a good result, whether it's the win or or a draw away. You know, it's it's that that that's what makes great and good teams. They can get results on even their bad days. Um, yeah. What what yeah. what do you make of uh, his comments? Because I'm, it's kind of for me, it's wearing thin. Explain to me what were you trying to do? You were you didn't have any wingers. You know, and I don't know if this falls on the reporters, but what. You know, what, what was your train of thought not having any wingers? What uh, I'm looking at it here that he went with the four four two for the uh, from the minute uh, from you know kickoff to around the 60 minute mark, where I think that's when he started making subs, and that's when he brought yeah, in Pochettino. I guess we can add that too, um, and I guess you can add it in with the Turco too because um, those subs. I'm 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 tired of Pochito Gonzalez. Like I'm pretty sure he's a good guy, <laughs> yeah. but he's just not right for this team. And then from minute 61 to 78, he stuck with that 4-4-2. Uh, and then from, uh, and, oh no, that, yeah, and then he also made a 5-3-2, 5-4-1. So he, pretty much throughout this game, it was either a 4-4-2, 5-3-2, or 4-5-1. That was the average. Yeah. Or you know what? I'm, I'm fucking up. Sorry for the language. I'm reading um, <laughs> um, Leon's. It's Monterrey one with a 5-3-2. And then from the sixth, from from minute, um, yeah, from kickoff to the sixtieth, he, he it was a five three two, and then from when he started making those subs, when um Ponchito Gonzalez came in, he went with the five four one, um, but he was trying to crowd that midfield, and then from you know from the seventy seventh minute mark to the end of the game, he went back to or he went with the four four two, I guess that's when he was trying to at least try to get the the tie you know tight after Leon got that, that got that goal, but I mean. Mm-hmm. What do you make of these uh, formations? I, I wasn't a fan of that five-three-two backline. I, I, uh, I would have if, if if you're gonna you, you know if you want Laiun in there, you, I think you gotta get creative. I would have preferred 
Layun be in the midfield as a central mid. Um, if you were going to have Maxi Mesa up front. And that way, because Layun wouldn't get in the way of whoever is in that uh, defensive mid position, whether it's Ortiz or Granavita. So at least you would get a different look that uh, in there, and he, he can play some you know left midfield uh, minutes. But I don't know. Uh, what, what did you make of his uh, decisions, his substitutions? Obviously, I was not a fan of his substitutions. Um, I guess Akilova was okay too. Um, I mean, but what what, what did you make of uh, his tactics? Well, I wanted to say that. I saw your tweet about the Turco press conference and I was like, I really hadn't even seen anything that he said because the game ended, I went to sleep, I pretty much forgot about it. Um, so I saw your tweet about the Turco press conference and I was like, you know what? I'm absolutely tired of this too. I mean, he always says the same thing, always says the same thing. And, you know, it's his personality, his way of, of, of attacking his problems, I guess, or... We're going on, go, or, or a way for him to go on to the next one, I guess. But I will, and that came in, or today, or when we're recording, came in the same day that uh, Rafa Puente, Atlas coach, a press conference went viral where he's actually talking soccer, he's actually talking tactics, he's actually talking ideas, he's actually talking. And that's a guy that's lost 13 of the last 14. And that's not the problem. The problem is that he's actually explaining what he's trying to do footballing wise what he's trying to do in the pitch with his team what worked what didn't work yeah and i guess the, the fans probably are not happy that they're losing but you know the people that actually appreciate their coach explaining what he's trying to do absolutely love yeah it. and then you can criticize so, that like that's when you can criticize okay uh yeah you know like yeah, exactly. wait a minute why are you actually why, knowing yeah. what he's trying yeah. and what he's doing wrong and and all that so yeah i'm absolutely with you on that and that i'm tired of this press conference he always says the same thing he always blames it on the players or the players not finishing up the chances because he creates them but the players don't put him in the back of the net yeah uh, but i know i want to know why or how he creates them or what yeah, he's like, trying to do i wanted to know yeah. okay if can you explain to me you have no wingers you have no wing no player no players that can play the wing um mm-hmm. what 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 was your game plan to make up for that? Like, what were you trying to do, or what was the train of thought to to make up for the lack of wingers? Because the only per, the only player that can quote unquote play the wing is maybe Miguel Layun. That's it. Other than that, Maxi Mesa can play the wing, but that, like I like I said earlier, that's not his strong point. Like, you want to put their you want to put the players. I don't know. Maybe this is just I don't, I don't even know if they have like an analytics team. Uh, you know, you you want to put the players in the right position so you can get the most out of them and not just be like, okay, I'm going to throw this out there and I'm going to motivate them because I've said it in the past. He's more of a rah, rah, let's go out there. Let's do it more than, than, you know, forward thinking tactics. Uh, he's, he's not like a, a Pablo Guede or whoever that is trying to think two steps ahead making in quick, you know, making adjustments um, and, and explaining to you why he, like, a lot of people were saying, why did you bring in Pochito Gonzalez? Like, you already know what he brings to you, and it's not much. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that, yeah, and, that's, and to add to Pochito Gonzalez, like you said, he doesn't add much. He doesn't add at all, probably. Uh, when he's I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice and say, no, yeah, this guy shouldn't but, be playing know, he, for Monterrey. Like, like, he, he really, like, when he comes in the game, in the Copa MX games, 
in the whatever game that's really not that that tough, he always performs. But but for some reason he just doesn't when he's like uh comes in the game in this league and makes yeah. uh, games. He just doesn't add anything, I think, to the to the to the squad. So yeah. I think I don't I'm still kinda of confused over that uh you know, contract extension. I thought he was thought he was done. Uh but yeah, I mean I I don't think he's gonna get fired or anything. I don't think Mohammed's gonna I think they're gonna let him see out the season. Um just because I think they wanna give him a chance, just one more to see what happens here. But he's on thin ice. Like I'm not gonna I mean a pandemic kind of, you know, uh prevented them from actually finishing in last. Like you can say, No, we're in last place, you know, when the season was cancelled, but we didn't finish in last place. Like you can re- you can work you can word it in a way that can it, it can favor him. But mm-hmm. if this if the season finishes and, and if the season finishes out plus you know the expanded playoffs like you know he really shouldn't there's no excuse not to make the league yeah it's expanded you have the roster it's i don't know like i'm not advocating for him to get fired but he, he, i think at this point he has to be you know feeling feeling the heat he has to be feeling the heat he has to know that um i, I even think position i think it should count position wise too you just don't want to backdoor. I know. I know they did it last year, where they, and I don't even think they backdoored their way into the play into the playoffs because they they jumped over teams. So even even that eighth place finish didn't feel like oh well we only got in because the other teams, you know were 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 as just as bad as us. You know no they the other teams couldn't close the door and then they went out there and won those games. You know it's not like. We got in by default, you know. Like, it's just lucky coincidence. No, uh, so I, I think, I think he's gonna have to add some style points. I'm, I'm gonna be a big, you know, because I, I want to. This team has too much talent to, to, to not make the league. Yeah, and not go on a deep run. But, but we'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. um, they have a game on Saturday against Santos. Um, I, I, we have so many other topics, Pat, but I'll, we'll just do a quick preview. Um, I guess I'll ask, what do you want to see? Because I think, like I said, Dorlan Pavon can come back. Um, Hugo Gonzalez is going to come back. And then there is a report suggesting that Vincent Jansen can come back. Um, so mm-hmm. having those three guys available, uh, what do you expect from, from Monterrey on Saturday? Yeah. Maybe it's time, hopefully, that we see, or again, Jansen and Funes Mori. I want to see Gallardo. He, he, I, I think he, he, well, we're not. No word on him yet. No word on him yet. Yeah. No word on him. I think he's going to be gone for two or three weeks. He's he's important. He creates Mm -hmm. a lot of chances. But, um, uh, I mean, it's going to be another, hopefully, like another Toluca game. Or not in the sense it's going to be that easy or anything, but just the same type of formation, the t- same type of uh, same type of attacking play uh, or defensive play as well, just the same type of play, but against the complicated Santos. I, I guess we'll see how he he acclimates to that game. Uh, I the what I want to see, what I want to see as a fan or even just as a guy that wants to see something different for this team because it seems like 
everything just repeats itself and we want to see something different. We want to see something that actually promises something. Uh, it's Jensen and Funes Mori. I mean, we can't have one on the, one of them on yeah. the bench. We just can't. Like and they, how and they, are... I'm sorry to cut you off, Pat, but they're ahead, two different strikers. They're, they're not the same yeah. striker. One is a, is a matador where you need to put the ball in, in, the, in the box and he'll do the work there. Jansen can help yeah. you build up the attack. Like we've seen it in the past. He'll he'll he'll, he'll be part of the build up. He'll he can make key passes. Um, that's not Fudis Mori's strength. So it's not like they won't necessarily get in each other's way. So they can pl- quote unquote they can play together. Yeah, one hundred percent. And when when he when Jansen arrived, everybody suggested and everybody said that Jansen has always tried thrived with two attackers, with two uh, forwards, with two strikers. So this is just a weird situation. I know people are saying that Mohamed doesn't like him. I don't think that's the case. But there's something weird. You know what? Maybe he just doesn't have the tactics to play two strikers. Like, it's not as easy as put put them up there. No, you got to ask, you know, there's a game plan to your tactics. There's like... Okay, you know, I'm I'm not a coach and I'm not some tactics expert, but there is some type of explanation when you play two strikers. You got to tell them. Um, obviously, like I said, they don't get in each other's way. At least you know from the styles they like to play. They play two different styles. Um, you know, if if I was Mohamed, I would look at other clubs um, who use two strikers. Just not not you know not try to emulate them, but just look at the videotapes. See, you know what. I, you know what, for example, just out of the top of my head, Arsenal, they play Obama Young and Lacazette, two strikers. Mm-hmm. Just poke, and I guess this is where it kind of get frustrated with him. Look around. Like, just don't limit yourself to, to you know, to, to, to Liga Amenkis or whatever, but look around. Try to see what other coaches do to implement, you know, tactics that involve two strikers. And it's just... I guess that's where I'm frustrated with him is he's just that's not he's not thinking two steps ahead or thinking, you know, like I don't I'm not getting that sense uh, from his press conference. And that's what's kind of frustrating. Uh, it, 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 like I said, you can say put two strikers out there, but you got you got to have a game plan for when they're out there. You know, you just can't say, oh, go out and play. We're, we're just going to put two strikers, you know. Uh, I know he probably doesn't. I know he, that's I, I, I'm, at least I think he doesn't do, just do that. Pretty sure he has a game plan for it, but obviously, I mean, uh, he just—I don't know. I, I don't think during his first stint there was—he didn't have two strikers of these capabilities, so he can easily just throw out Rogelio Funes Mori, and and that was it. You know, like there he didn't yeah. have a Vincent Yance in his first, um, you know, his first stint. Now you have two. Now you gotta, now you gotta, you know, uh, change your styles, change your tactics because. I mean, we've seen what Vincent Janssen can do, you know, when, when he's healthy and, and he's fit. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and his form is, you know, at, 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 a, at a high. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, just I, I think we're... Yeah, it's we're frustrating gonna... because, because we, we haven't seen it consistently. And I guess, you know, it's normal injuries or whatever. But when they're both healthy, when they're both available... Uh, we haven't seen him that much, and that's I think the part that's frustrating for a lot of fans is that, like we've seen Jansen play, of course, but we haven't seen him apart from that Liguilla, apart from that uh, Liguilla where we saw the best of him, I guess. Before that, during the season, we really, 
didn't see that much. We only saw him like in the Copa MX and a little bit on the Liga MX. After that, you know, this last season that got canceled, we barely saw him, and then now we're again barely seeing. Yeah, him, so I, and the thing is one. that I don't want him to put him in because oh, I need a goal. I I need to create offense. I'm gonna throw him in there. Like no man, like develop develop something. And, and I guess that doesn't that's not that bad of an idea. But try to develop something where you can get the butt. You can get the best out of them at the same time. Like I know they can play together. Like I know they can play together. It's just you got to have a coach that a can have tactics that can that is for two strikers or at least can come up with something that's for two strikers. It's just you know I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens against um uh, Santos because right now I'm already getting heated from <laughs> from what I was last night. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, what's 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 an what's a fact is that Turco is is uh, well he was before he even got and even after winning a championship he pissed a lot of fans off because just a lot of fans can't stand him and and he's doing it again yeah uh, you know it's press just, conferences the type yeah, of, yeah it's just that whole rah rah speech can wear thin like like people still mm-hmm. and and I think you said it uh Takari too when you're on her uh the Lions Den podcast you're still weary like you 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 know it's a new season but you still have those memories from then still being in last place and just finished you know just playing off yeah and I yeah. think it's just like you know yes you beat the Luka but you should beat the Luka they're they're a bad team um uh, yeah yeah exactly uh, but not, I, don't pat yourself in the back because of, of that. Yeah, <laughs> that much. Uh, so we'll see. Like, I'm hoping, you know, we'll see what he does tactically. We'll see what he explains press conference wise. Um, but to me, like, I'm already getting tired of him. Just, I'm not saying fire him, but he, he he's just wearing, you know, my well, patience. Yeah, and and I'm not saying fire him either yet, of course. But uh, this is a season where. We're gonna go through to the league. I mean, we're gonna like it's impossible. It's even harder to not go through, you know, than actually um, go through. So, just I, I don't want to go through with bad football. Like, if we're gonna go through because we are, because that's an, a fact, because it's impossible to not do. Please do it playing good football. That's just yeah. like I can't go week week in and week out not knowing what the fuck's gonna happen. Sorry for those. Yeah. Words, Frustrated with Turbo, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and since he and since he was a champion, I said, okay, leave, go, go somewhere else. You did your yeah. duty here. We love you forever. Go, be happy. And uh, now he stayed. So hopefully he shuts us all up. Uh, Pat, uh, last week, um, whole lot of transfer gossip uh, surrounding Monterrey, especially their back line. Uh, two players in particular, you had uh, Stefan Medina, who's link, linked to Spain in uh, with Valladolid. And then you had Cesar Montes, who's also linked to Spain uh, with Sevilla and, and also Wolves of the Premier League. Uh, which which of the two uh, defenders do you want to start with? I guess let's do Cesar Montes first, because uh, I think there's a little bit more to it. To to the Stefan Medina talk, so let's. I think we should get Cesar uh, Montes out of the way first. There's Valencia started once a while back, then Sevilla came along, like you said, Wolves again. Uh, I think Sevilla, was obviously the most recent one apart from the Valencia. A lot of people were were looking in to Stefan Medina. I got a lot of questions, um, 
on my Twitter and everything because I know we were talking about on the long passes <laughs> after his first game against Toluca. He also had some beautiful long passes again <laughs> against Leon. Um, but yeah, yeah, apart from that, um, I don't know. I don't. I think Cesar Montes will stay, but I've seen some reports that he's like, if one goes, that's the easiest one to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Something like too. that. So yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but uh, uh, I think he can thrive over there. I just what I'm scared of is, like you said, the whole backline could be dismantled. <laughs> we got to start back over again with who knows who. Yeah, and. Um, let's take a look at Sevilla. I, I gotta pull up Pat. If you can pull up, I'll I'll stall a little bit. If you can pull up like their 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 squad at center back. Mm-hmm. Um, I Sevilla? think yeah, Sevilla. I I think the most Whoa. prominent one is Diego Carlos. But I've seen a lot yeah. of like uh, bigger clubs circling him. Like there's been some bigger clubs circling him, and I don't know if Sevilla's looking. I know they they have Champions League, so I know they got to think about Champions League. But I know Thiago Carlos is the one that if, if I know he only spent a season there, but there's a lot of I know I've seen Barca looking at him. Um, I've seen other clubs, you know, possibly taking a look at him. Uh, if he goes, then they're gonna need some depth that center back. I mean, uh, go ahead, I, Pat. No, think like like you said, Diego Carlos is one of them. Jules Conde is another one of them, and they only got two other ones. Uh, center backs. So Cesar Montes will be the fifth one in this kit. In this case, like you said, they're going to play European competition. They're going to play La Liga. And they're going to play Copa del Rey. So uh, gotta, gotta they have that. do need. Yeah, you gotta have that exactly. And and like you said, Diego Carlos has been eyed by a lot of teams. Jules Conde also has been eyed by a lot of teams. So if one of them goes, there's Cesar Montes. Not to start. I don't see. I don't see him starting. I don't see him starting. That's for no. Sure I don't see him starting got, away. Diego Carlos and Kunde are probably <laughs> this season they just erupted. They're like one of the best center backs pairings in the whole of Europe. Uh, obviously in Spain they're pretty up there. So, but but that, that's a perfect team to go to. I mean, if, if Monchi wants you, if Lopetegui wants you, that's a good sign. Yeah, um, you know that, that's a good that's a good. You you get European experience, but maybe you don't get you don't get the start. You you it's a good. It's a good club to to get your feet wet, you know. It's, it's uh, obviously you got to hit the ground running, uh, so you can't, you know, it can't be too much of a, you know, of a learning process. Uh, but you know, in terms of either Valencia or Sevilla, I would take Sevilla just because there's more stability there, um, and usually they they have a good, they have a good track record of developing players uh, and then moving them along somewhere else. Um, yeah, I think that was it. I mean, I mean, we could we could touch a little bit on wolves. I know I I was seeing this one. I think it's a wolves. It's a wolves Twitter account, but I think it's like a YouTube channel or it's a Twitter account to a YouTube channel, and they're saying they need center backs. They need help at center back. So, um, and that's a good club too. That's I mean, the, since they've you know got promoted, they've pretty much you know been a good mid mid table club with some Europa League experience or exposure. Um, so I mean, uh, yeah, that's a good club. I mean, these two are much better than than Valencia. Valencia right now, um, I don't know. They, I think they're not in turmoil, but they're having some 
some off the field issues when there it comes issues. to their owner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, I don't know. That's that not, way. that's not the first, you know, that's not the kind of experience, you know, and, and I know the ownership yeah. is different, but still yeah. you don't want to be asked by reporters. Hey, do you know what's going on with your owner and all this and that? And you know how the Spanish media can be. So if you can go to a stabilized organization where you can just get your feet went in Europe, go ahead and do that. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's pretty much it with, on the Suicide Monthly's case. But uh, Pat, if I, you want to add anything else, I'll add something real quick. Just because if I had to rank them, I guess obviously Sevilla first, then Wolves, then Valencia. But if I had to, where he's gonna play a little bit more, I think Valencia is theirs, and I do want him to play. So if he like, if he leaves, I do want him to play. You know, I, I don't want to lose a guy to Europe just because it's Europe for him to not play. So. Maybe Valencia just because of that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I mean, Wolves will be pretty interesting. Um, maybe they get Europe if they win the Europa League. That's the only chance they have. So so, so there'll be rotation. That, that'll mean minutes for, for Cesar Montes. Any of the destinations is good. For, for that's, yeah. that's a given. Because they're, they're known to sell players uh, to bigger and better teams. So yeah. Cesar Montes is... Can can have a really bright future if he if he does go if it does go to any of those teams, um. But please get minutes if you actually do leave yeah. and and leave Monterrey a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and if you're gonna leave, leave, you know, ASAP just because. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get it. I guess it's a good segue to um to Stefan Medina because if if Stefan Medina leaves, they need him. They need Viola lead to. Make a respectable offer ASAP because then you're only left with a couple of uh, weeks to try to fill that gap, which is going to be hard to do in the first place. Um, but let's talk about that because a uh, couple, yeah, a couple like, last week there was rumors that Valladolid made contacts of um, of an offer uh, that's between 1.5 million and 3 million uh, dollars. I, I think it's dollars uh, for Stefan Medina. Yeah, and today, just before we were coming on um, to record, uh, ESPN Colombia said that uh, I think Ronaldo and in that front office, that Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, um, uh, you know, they they came to terms on an agreement uh, of a contract between Medina and his representatives, uh, but. You can come to a contract agreement that as many times as you want. It's the you know you got to negotiate with the club or the, or play the release yeah. clause, and that's what uh, Diego Diego Armando Medina tweeted out. Like that offer is not good enough for Monterrey. They can either negotiate with Monterrey or pay the ten million dollar release clause. So yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, and I, I I guess let's talk about the business aspect first before we can talk about losing the player because I mean that's that's what's most important right now because uh, like I said they there's reports that they agree to a de- you know uh, Medina and and you know his representatives have agreed to deal with with Valladolid on on like contract length and and probably wages but you know it doesn't mean a thing if if Valladolid doesn't negotiate with Monterrey or or pay that release cost but uh, what do you make of, of uh, the business aspect of it? Because uh, it kind of looks like they're trying to negotiate through the media, 
for me because I think the who was it the sporting director or who was it that came out last week said that yeah uh, we we were talking with Medina but Monterrey isn't looking to sell and and I think one pe- person from from Valladolid I think goes to the newspaper said that you know they they haven't I think you know three million is a lot for them and I, I think they haven't gone past five million it's it, put it this way if they go north of three it's pretty expensive for them yeah yeah exactly so so yeah i guess every media part is doing their thing like the monterey media the colombian media and the spanish media are are both saying their parts their news of course monterey media is going to say what monterey tells them colombian media saying what stefan tells them and spanish media what real Valladolid tells them so there's three sides to the story and uh and uh, you can believe who you want to believe. I guess we, or me, Eddie, and whoever listens to the podcast, Rayados followers, know who we believe in the Rayados side. You know, there's Diego Armando, there's Santiago Furcade, there's a Chileno, there's some good reporters that actually, that they've been known to say the, the truth, or, or not the truth, but what they're told actually happened. So yeah, we believe them in that sense. Uh, but they're also, you, and, 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 and there's also the Spanish media and the Colombian media who are very sure in what they're saying. <laughs> so, and we don't know how reliable they are because we don't follow them and all that. So it's a, it's a pretty much think, a, who do you want to believe thing? Let me ask you this, Pat, do you think Wiley is going to go north of $3 million? Because I think if, if, if they're not going to go north of three, then look, I, I get it. No. And I want to see Stefan Medina in Europe. He deserves it. We yeah, backed yeah. him. We backed him when, Aside from Atletico Nacional fans, you know, other fans, you know, the rest of Colombia have trashed him. Maybe there's a couple from from other fan bases that's like him, but mostly when I see people when it's when it comes to Colombians that are defending him, it's usually Nacional supporters. Like they'll they'll back him. Yeah. The rest of Colombia will trash him and tell him he's no good. And I wanted him to say, you know what? Yeah, this this guy is really good because he can go to Europe. Like he went here, did his time here, and, and once he oh, Europe, yeah. he won us a trophy. He won us a couple of trophies, um, the Copa Américas, the 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 Concacaf, and the and the and the league. Uh, so for like, it's not that. And there is a part of me that's getting greedy because yeah, that wants to keep him because he's in the middle of his prime, and mm-hmm. like we, it, and I guess we can talk about this in a little bit. But it's he's going to be hard to replace just because he's so reliable. Like we don't have to worry about that that right side, you know, on the defense. Like we know Stefan Medina can take care of business by himself. We don't need us. He doesn't need support, uh, you know. But he he's good there. Like we can pencil him in. Boom. Like there's no defensive issues when it comes to him. But at the same time, it's like okay, we value you at this, you know, and you gotta you gotta be. Just because you, you want to do right by the player, you also got to do right by the club. And that is not make a bad business move. You know, $1.53 million is not enough for a guy that we value yeah. a lot. You know, and especially now that it's getting late into, like, if you want someone in Europe, this is the part where, okay, now you're going to have to overspend a little bit. I mean, we, we see it yeah. all the time. Like, transfer deadline day, there's... Some moves where it's like, oh, I think they they overspent a little bit, but you got to compensate us because Monterrey, by us, I mean Monterrey has to go into the the, the South American market, and have, they're gonna have to overspend because it's already late in the transfer period. You know, it's like okay, we know we're gonna have to overspend on a player, like whether it's adding two or three more million dollars to 
to what they're actually worth to get the club to sell. So it's like three million isn't going to cut it. Like at the very least to get to the talking, you know, to get to, to get, I think at the very least to get Monterey to listen and talk, you got to go five million, at least five million dollars. Then talk. You got to then you got to meet between five and ten million. But yeah. if if I only it's gonna be like nope three million that's it that's all we can do, then yeah. I'm no. sorry like you can't do it. <laughs> I think I think that's what Rayados is trying to do. I think that's you know they're 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 pretty set on that that you know pay the release cost for nothing, just so that Valladolid uh, kind of argues hey no please let us do five six and Rayados will be like okay that's fine you know that's I think the way they're doing it. Obviously, three is too, too little. Stefan uh, Medina is a starter for the Colombian national team. He's a starter for Rayados. He's one of the most important players in the team in Mexico. One of the most uh, valued. And right I, the best right back, right back. One of the best. No, I think he's the best right yeah. back in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Plus, one of the best in, in South America. I mean, three million is too little. I know his age, 28, still a good age. So, so you know what, Pat? Uh, Let me. I, I was I'm glad you brought that up because today I was looking at how much uh, Dario Benedetto, and Grand, this is a forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's a little bit more. I mean, there's a little bit more, but still, when you consider the player's 29 years old, uh, exactly. Marseille p paid 14 million for him at 29. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, it's I like, totally, I totally get where you're coming from, and that's exactly right. I mean, we gotta learn how to value our players. Obviously, not too much so that you can never get rid of them. But, 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 come on, three million for Stephen Lane is, is an insult. Yeah, so, and and at this think, point, at this point in the transfer window, like I said, if we let him go, the Monterrey has to buy someone. Like because I don't feel comfortable with Layun and Gallardo as your fullbacks. Because you you would have two two fullbacks who are flawed defensively, and then you, and then if Montes leaves, then that means you only have Vega um, as your reliable you know center back. That's the worst case scenario because there would be two of them leaving, and the only guy I would trust is someone that's barely new and getting used to 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 the system. So um, yeah. It, it, If, yeah. if they're gonna want them, they're gonna have to spend nor at least north of five million to get Monterrey to 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 answer the phone. Because if they're only going three million, then I found Monterrey. I send that I send that to voicemail. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think that's what the Reals fans want. I, I I don't see anybody saying like, no, don't leave or we'll hate you. I think everybody's like, you deserve it. Plus, because you know what's what's so great about this whole thing is Reals is sending people to Europe and that's whether he's Colombian, Mexican or whatever Rayados is actually getting the eyes of Europe and that only gets you or that gets you with obviously good results obviously winning championships but the Club World Cup and that's that's the value of the CONCA champions who, who a lot of people in Mexico say you know it's a whatever cup it's nobody cares about it well a lot of people do care about it and your team if you win it you can earn a lot of money And you can get a lot of yeah, you can earn a lot of money by getting so much exposure while you're in there. Yeah, there in the Club World Cup, and and not only being there because you got to one thing is being there, but actually doing a great job and almost beating the the Champions League winners in Liverpool. So that's the value that there, and and we're yeah. seeing that we're seeing that still with all these teams in Europe looking at our players. Yeah. 
So and and I think they're starting to broadcast their games over there too. So that that helps even more because you can just watch, you know, pull it up and, and watch it. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, I guess I'll ask you this: What's your gut feeling on this? Do you think this transfer deal happens or no? Uh, I don't know. I'm seeing the Colombian and and Spanish media super confident, but I'm also seeing the. <laughs> The Monterey media is pretty confident. I guess Monterey media, this is what I think. This is what I think. Monterey media is getting told by Monterey, by Rayados, hey, he's not going anywhere. So that the Monterey media puts that out. So that Real Valladolid was, is, is like, come on, we got to do something else. We got to, uh, you know, <laughs> offer a little bit higher. That's what I think of doing. So I do think he's going to end up leaving. That's my gut feeling. And that's how I think Monterey is. Uh, kind of negotiating this, saying yeah, they're playing hardball. Yeah, and saying to the respected journalist that they know, saying like, no, he's not going anywhere. So that the buzz in Montreal is that he's not leaving. So that Real Valladolid comes in with a better offer. That's my gut feeling. I. It all depends. I think if nothing happens by next week, the end of next mm-hmm. week. Um, that would leave, let me pull up the date, uh, let me pull up the calendar. So that would leave you, the, the 31st is the end of the window. Um, I don't know if it's extended or not. I, I, gotta, I should look into that too, but I'm just going off of, because I know there was talks about extending it. I don't know if it was made official or whatever. Um, but maybe you can look that up, Pat, if, meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I'm talking and filibustering, but, uh. But say the transfer window ends at the end of August, like it usually does in a normal year. Um, if it doesn't, if, if there's no deal by next week, um, I would say he's staying because then that would leave you two Monterrey. It would leave Monterrey two weeks to find someone to replace yeah. him because they would have to replace him. Like I said, yeah. Uh, it, okay, if Montes stays, then maybe you can be okay with it. You know. But if Montes leaves too, then yeah, you gotta find a replacement. If Montes stays, then you you can you can be an okay defense with Vega, with Vegas and and, and Montes. Um, but I would that right that right side, you know, you you can put Layun there and he'll be okay. You know, there's there's gonna be some defensive issues, but I think Montes plays the. The right center back, so he'll be able to help, you know, provide some some support there. So he should be okay. But if Montes leaves, then that's when I'd be like, you know what, you gotta you gotta go find a right back, just because your left back is gonna be more offensive minded, and your right back replacement is another person that's more offensive minded. So it all, I think it all depends if if um, if nothing happens by next week, um, you know, I think he's staying. Uh, and then you know it's it, it all go, it all ties together. This Montes and Medina stuff all ties in together, because if Montes stays, yeah. then you can then you can wait it out. If Montes stays, then you can wait it out. But if Montes leaves, then you know you gotta be on your toes because you gotta find a replacement on that right side because you lost Montes with your right center back and you lost your right back, so you gotta patch together that right side. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens there, but if I had to give like a percentage, I'd say maybe forty percent he leaves, just because. I mean, Bayali needs to. I think if Monterrey is ready to sit back and wait, 
and say, you know what, either come with the better offer and we'll, we can negotiate or pay the release clause. So, you know, but, but I, you know, the, the, the thing I'm scared for the most in this, in this case is, is who are they going to buy to replace him? Because we got Edson Gutierrez, of course, I would love for a young youth player from Rayados to get that position and thrive and be great, but I just don't know if he's ready. I haven't seen him. And, and, this this uh, this uh Davino, Carlos Vela uh, and, and the whole and the whole uh, inteligencia portiva that's so famous in Rayados does yeah, I'm not very confident when it comes to, to purchases. Uh, so I I'm nervous with in that sense. <laughs> Especially a right back. You know, it's complicated yeah. to find a great right back like Stefan Medina. So yeah. yeah, I think that's the real yeah. problem. And the thing is that Stefan Medina needed to develop, you know. They exactly. brought him over it at his young time. Yeah, it, it yeah. took a loan. <laughs> it, took, it took a loan spell, and then it, it took them to finally be playing, because I don't know why the Alonso would be playing him as a center back when he was better as a right back. Um, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, like I said, it, I think it all goes tight. It, it all ties together. And, and like you said, Pat, people... Uh, reporters, journalists, whatever, have been suggesting that if out of the three, Charlie, Stefan, Cesar Montes, that Cesar Montes was the, is the one that is likely to leave. So that mm-hmm. that's what kind of puts me in the back of my mind. Okay, if the mo- if the player that's most likely to leave leaves, and then your right back leaves, then you gotta be on your toes and and look for a right back, whether it's a veteran mm-hmm. or young player. Um, Whatever. Uh, so we'll see what it develops there. Uh, that news is, is, you know, good thing we're recording late, so we can grab that news. Uh, but yeah. Um, last thing, Pat, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez. I know last week we kind of went more in depth just because there's not a lot of news coming up. I know I heard um, uh, Santiago Furcade say that he's, you know, it's it's not a matter of if, but when he goes to Atlanta United. Uh, I'm not sure if you've uh, saw some other news on that front before we wrap up this podcast. Yeah, um, well, that's what everybody's saying. I, I know, I know, I know, or what I've heard or seen or read, everybody's saying that he does, he's actually leaving. So I guess, I guess my, my thing is what I really want to know here, and uh, I, I know it's reported, but I want to know it. For a fact, I want it to be official. I'm not mad at him leaving uh, at all, but I just want it for it to be alone. I do want him to come back, and I do want him to play for Rayados because I think he deserves that opportunity to continue to be a, a good player. So I, I love a loan deal to Atlanta. I would absolutely love that he will play. He would be in the field. He will be happy again. And and if and if Atlanta decides to use that option to buy and buy him for eight ten million i don't know how much then all right you know we're an eight to ten million but if they don't he comes back as a more mature player and more minutes and knowing what it's like to play and not play uh, uh, and then and then rayos gets gets to use that type of player so uh, i think it's a, a good deal for everybody in that sense so i I'm, I'm kind of hoping for that to happen soon so just so that i can follow him thoroughly and actually see him grow and play. Yeah, because he came on as a sub uh, against Leon and 
you know, he was just another body out there, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like, um, maybe it's the lack of confidence or whatever, but maybe it's, you know, change of scenery can help him. But, but yeah, so nothing new on that front. I just, I just hear that it's just a matter of when, not if. So we'll see if that eventually happens. Uh, uh, anything else that that we missed out that we missed out on, Pat? Uh, good question. I don't think so. I think there's a lot to cover. I think we covered it all. Um, hope Gallardo recovers fine. Doesn't take him a long time like it did Vincent Jansen. And just hope to see more of the team actually perform and do well. I know it's kind of. Um, it's kind of rough times, not only obviously in the world, but in the team with potential transfers, with potential people leaving, players being sick, players being injured, players are out because of, of, of being irresponsible. It just seems, seems like turbulent time. So just hope that everything gets back to normal so that we can still see that good Rayas team in the field and, and enjoy that. Because we didn't wait months to see Rayas for them to, to, to give us this. So... Yeah, we deserve to be winning every game because that's that's a roster that should be doing it. And if Turco can't, we'll hopefully find some somebody better. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens against Santos. Um, we're hoping to have a guest on for that one. There's some wheels in motion, nothing confirmed yet. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, um, follow us on Twitter at Dryos90. Uh, subscribe on Apple iTunes if that's where you listen to your podcast. Follow on Spotify. Um, you know, give a give a good rating, um, five stars. Uh, anything else, Pat? Uh, anything else you want to plug in? No, um, no, 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 not really. Uh, just uh, keep following, keep keep uh, listening, sharing. I know we. We gotta say it just because maybe some people do actually enjoy the podcast and they they forget to share it. I've, I, I by the way, I've gotten some messages in this past two weeks where we've been recording more thoroughly or more consistently uh, about people saying that um, they listen to the podcast. So that's great to hear, and uh, just, I, I love to to read those messages. So yeah, yeah, no, that that that's always good to hear. Um, but yeah, for for Pat, I'm ready. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>